Hi, Carly Recovered Alcoholic. Welcome to North Star Big Book. I am so excited because I launched this new series where I get to invite people from all around the world in AA that are in love with the big book. They get to bring the big book alive to me and to you through their eyes and their voice. Today, I have Jill. Hello, Jill. Will you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Jill. I'm an alcoholic. Welcome. So What's your excited to be here. We're so happy to have you. I'm so happy to be here. Tell me your sobriety date. My sobriety date is June 21st, 2018. And today is her birthday. So happy birthday. She said it was a blessing to get to spend it with us and do Big Book. And I'm so excited. And what I'm excited about, um, tell us what pages we're going over. We are going to go over 86 and 87. I should say the very bottom of 85 where it starts step 11. Let's start at 85. And I want to say something uh, about that. So when Jill told me what pages she was going to go over, she's like, I know you always talk about these and I want you guys to hear this. So this is really important. In most meetings, we talk about one, two, and three, and then we talk about the fourth step a lot. And then we talk about the ninth step and then 10, 11 get totally ditched because let, let's be real. How many people are doing them? And then, that, then we talk about helping others. And it doesn't matter how many people I have on here going over these steps because you get to hear it from each person's perspective, story, and voice. And whatever Jill's going to say might be something that someone else needs to hear that I can't say. And there's never a time where I don't need to hear something about these steps. So I'm going to pass the baton on to Jill. Let's take it away on 85. Thank you, Carly. Step 11 suggests prayer and meditation. We shouldn't be shy on this matter of prayer. Better men. I have a quick question. In between the words prayer and meditation, what is in between that word prayer and meditation? In between and. Oh, and. So it doesn't say or. No, it says and. It's not a menu. It is not. You don't get to choose. It's not selective. So my mom is Jill's sponsor. Did my mom ever say to you um, that A is not a buffet? Yes. And that you don't get to choose. This is not, you know, choose whatever you want. She says, and may you rest in peace. She, all, yeah, that's the only time she says you do not get because yes. we get. That's yeah, everything else we get to. Yes. Yep. Okay, let's keep going. Better men. Better men. Then we are using it constantly. It works if we have the proper attitude and work at it. It would be easy to be vague about this matter, yet we believe we can make some definite and valuable suggestions. When we retire at night, we can Okay, so pause for a second. For the listener, what Jill's about to take us through is the nightly step 11 directions. People get confused about this, and we're here to clear it up. Step 11 is done three times a day. Morning, when you first start, when you first wake up, which she's going to go over in a minute, nighttime, and throughout the day. And if you are not at step 11, I tell the women I work with, you can still start on this page 86 or 88 to start getting used to that practice of showing up with your higher power. So you're going to read nighttime directions. Right. So when we retire at night, we constructively review our day. Were we resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? Do we owe an apology? Have we kept something to ourselves which should be discussed with another person at once? Okay, pause for a second. Tell me in that first part where we resentful, selfish, dishonest, and afraid, what steps do we start, do we start looking for that? What's the first time we start looking for that? That in step four. Yes. And then when we just started doing it again in step 10. And then right. when do we look at, do we owe an apology? 
That's when we do our amends. Yeah, eight and nine. Eight and then nine. when do we not keep something to ourselves? We share it with somebody at once. Step 10. Yes, and five. And then what you're about to say next is, go ahead, were we kind? Were we kind and loving toward all? Which what is could we seven. So right okay. there, they're just showing us again everything we just learned how to do. In the steps. What could we have done better? Were we thinking of ourselves most of the time or were we thinking of what we could do for others, of what we could pack into the stream of life? But we must be careful not to drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection, for that would diminish our usefulness to others. After making our review, we ask God's forgiveness and inquire what corrective measures should be taken. Something I want to point out here is I forget that part about asking God's forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I focus on the inventory and I forget I'm supposed to ask God. And I also didn't know that you get to fall asleep if you do this. So for my first year of sobriety, I didn't sleep. Right. I couldn't Peacefully. sleep because my head was busy with all this stuff that I wasn't identifying. Right. And so... For me, I just wanted to add what I do also at that at nightly is my daily inventory, which comes from the book. And I'm not going to say the page. It's just stuff that I've gotten. Will you it. read to us what you have? Yeah. And this is what helps me because I feel like it helps categorize it for people instead of like me thinking about what did I do today? Who did yes. I harm and whatever. So this helps me. Okay. Share it with us. So the personality characteristics of self-will it's a check sheet and I just go down saying selfish, self-seeking, dishonesty, and I literally check off and then I can relate to who or whom I may have been. So you look for in your day where you were those things. Right. And so awesome. it goes on and on. It's a long list of pride, greedy, lustful anger, but it's a much longer list than what's listed in that paragraph, yes. which is why I pull it out because there might be something on this list that I didn't think about that's in there and I don't want to let that go. I love that because we get to use the skeleton of step 11 at night and in the morning to help frame and to keep that always there, but to, I add to it. So like I have the question on the side, did I carry the message today? Uh, I also have a question, did I touch my phone while I was driving? So like I have things that I want to work on right. that I have to keep myself accountable for. And that is for God's will and then their self-will. So on God's will is the stuff about showing interest in others. And, you know, did I do my best to, you know, give my sponsor the best advice I could be and be available to my daughter and, you know, take good care of myself, self-care, those things, you know, and practice patience, like all those things that are really, really important. I also want to make sure that I'm doing that because I firmly believe if I'm sitting there thinking about things in a positive way, I'm going to sleep much better and I'm going to do better. And it helps lead us into how we want to start our day tomorrow, what we want to focus on. So if like today I noticed I was really impatient and I need to focus on being more patient, then I take that information that I just found out in my inventory at night and I go, tomorrow when I wake up, I, I think about that first thing I think about is I want to focus on my patient. So tonight when I do my inventory, I don't have to say I was impatient again. Right. Awesome. So can we move? Are we going on to unawakening? Let's do it. All right. So um, the next part is what we do in the morning. So I, I bracket that off and I write morning. So if you've never done this, the paragraph Jill just went over is the night one. It's just one paragraph. It takes three to 10 minutes, depending on how intense you get into it. Um, I have sponsees send theirs to me. We, we save it in our phones. We copy it in our notepad and we copy and paste and fill it in. It's about being accountable. Hmm. Yeah, I have brackets. One says AM, one says PM. I love it. So AM, on awakening, 
Let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. So I wanted to also say that I love that so much because I can't formulate that in my head when I wake up in the morning. Right. So what that does for me is I'm like, okay, here's what we're rooting for today. Right. This is what I'm going to focus on. And I'm allowed to ask God for specific things. The book tells me I'm allowed to ask God to direct my thinking because if I ask God to direct my thinking and I ask for specifics that it divorces me from self-pity, dishonest, and self-seeking motives, then I get to be useful, which is the only time I'm not, I'm not a jerk is when I'm being useful. Exactly. Exactly. And then I know I have God's help, God's hand in my hand. Right. I love that. Um, So under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance for after all, God gave us brains to use. I sometimes forget that, Carly, (laughs) but that's a nice reminder. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. I need that reminder every day. And he's telling me through the book in that paragraph that we now get to use our minds that we worked really, really hard to get clean we get to use them because our minds are going to be vessels for our higher power to talk to us through. Exactly. And that we, you know, like, again, the positive of it, like you have a brain, use it. Yes. Yeah. Didn't use that when I wasn't sober. No. So in thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or decision. I do that all the time. Sometimes I literally say that out loud when I pause, God, Give me inspiration, intuitive thought, or a decision. And this has become, recently has become one of the most powerful tools I've gotten in the program, which is, and this is so against my character because I'm like quick, impatient, let's just whatever, do it, is if I don't truly know what to do, I have the power to say to somebody and myself, I don't know what to do. I don't want to make a decision. Yeah. Let's slow down. And we'll get, let's, let's not even just make a decision later. Let's not make a decision right now. Let's make the decision to not make a decision and wait until the answer comes. And while we're doing that, we're going to be busy living our lives, not forcing something. We we're so uncomfortable with being uncomfortable that we want right. to force an answer. I used to be like, let's say I was in a relationship. And I didn't know if it was going to work out. I would rather the answer was no, I don't want to be with you, Carly, than I don't know how I feel. Let's keep going and see how this goes. Exactly. That meant I had to be uncomfortable waiting to see what was going to happen. Yeah. And you know, it's so true because we can say no. And like, that's just part of that concept when it's like, wait, you could pause and let something marinate. Never did I allow for things to marinate. And when I first got sober, I had to like practice like tools. I would have to say things like, because I used to say yes to everything, especially because in AA, you're like, you're told to say yes to everything. So my sponsor would be like, when someone asks you for a commitment, like a lead or a, a position, say to them, can I get back to you? Which was shocking. Huge. That I wasn't going to just say yes. Because that meant I had to go home and look at my calendar and call my sponsor and figure out, is this something I can do? I had a therapist say, just put your, put your hand over your mouth. Just, <laughs> just for a second. Just to like, stop. Stop talking. Don't stop talking. But anyway, that's for younger kids. When, but, yes. it, but, it, but it does probably work. Anyway, um, so we're asking God for the inspiration, intuitive thought, or a decision. We're pausing. We don't have to make that decision, right? We relax and we take it easy. What a concept. Yeah. We don't struggle. We are often surprised how the right answers come after we've tried this for a while. 
What used to be the hunch or occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it's not probable that we're going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption in all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. So that is us forcing our will. And I don't know if you have stories about times that you tried to make, manipulate what you thought was God's ideas to what? Never. (laughs) <laughs> Never. Yeah. See, I, every single morning, Jesse Weinberg, 87, because Jesse Weinberg was seven months sober and he was good looking and Jewish and he was an actor and he was in Chicago and I had just moved there and I thought, thank you, God. Thank you for getting me out of that destructive, emotionally painful relationship with that other guy in AA. And thank you for sending me to Chicago out of 4,000 meetings to this meeting in front of this beautiful man who happens to be very new in sobriety. And thank you for letting me see him because how could this not be your will? And the way that I, and that ended up horribly. And the way that I always tell women, how do you know if it's God's will or not? Is you ask one question, are you willing to share it with your sponsor? If you don't want to share what you think God's will is with your sponsor, it's most likely because it's not God's will. That's awesome. I never like, I don't want to tell my sponsor that I'm going to volunteer downtown. Like, (laughs) right. It's, I I don't want to tell my sponsor that I'm going to go on Facebook and, and stalk somebody that I said I was never supposed to look at again. Right. Or make an amends that you're not supposed to when you were without guidance. Right. 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 Um, okay. So nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, become more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. So that's really action. What's our action? We have to do 10, 11, and 12 over and over and over. And then we see, oh, I know what to do. Right. It does become more a part of your like intuition, but only after you practice it. It doesn't. You have to sit there and and it's like anything like working out. I've heard you say this before. You have to, I call it practicing my patience muscles. And I like like say like, are they growing? Because you have to, that's how you're going to get better at it. Yes. So we usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day. Again, I need to remind myself, so this is good that it's telling me to do that, what our next step is to be and that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. I want to say something here real quick. Okay. So it doesn't say we ask God to take away our problems. It says we ask that we be given whatever we need to take care of the problems. Yeah. Because remember, I can't see what God can. I always think of God like a semi and I'm like, why are we going so slow? Why are we not moving? Traffic is taking forever. I'm mad at everybody. The semi is in front of me. I can't see what's ahead of me. And then we finally pass it and there's body bags on the ground and ambulances and a tow truck. And I'm like, oh. Right, right. I can't see what God can see. And so I can tell you from my own experience when I was 11 years sober and my son was going through terrifying medical stuff, I didn't tell my higher power, take this from me. I would say, please give me what I need today to get through this next day. And I have a friend right now whose son's going through really scary stuff. And I tell her, don't ask for God to take away any of this. Just ask for God to give you what you need to take care of it. Because we don't know why we're given what we're given, right? right? right. Just know that step three promised us in, on page 63, it promised us we would get what we needed. Right. And 11 is reinforcing that. Give me what I need 
to take care of such problems. So, and then we talk, we're careful to never pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that and it doesn't work and you can easily see why. I have to tell you, it took me so long. I mean, granted, I, I don't want to say only because every day is a blessing two years sober in the beginning and probably the first year I'm like, what does that really mean? Like, of course I'm going to pray for other people. What does it mean? Like to not, you know, my selfishness and self-centeredness was so huge and it was all sister. What about me that I was like, Oh, now I get it. Like step outside of yourself. But it really took me, and those are words to easily understand. I know. But that's how. But you know that they add new words in the book all the time. There's, oh, they're always adding new words in the book. Like every time you read it, they're like, they didn't have that in there before. Well, not there before. It <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I just had my intuition tell me, now I get to add your name to my list of women that I need to pass on when someone needs a sponsee. Like oh. someone needs a new sponsor, like, because you've got it, lady. So it's time to give it away. Yeah, I have a sponsor. Well, you're gonna get more. <laughs> God will provide. Yes, God will. Keep provide. going. Um, your mama always said she's like, you'll know. Yeah, it's gonna come. You'll know. Um, and what a gift. Okay, so if circumstances warrant, we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. If we belong to a religious denomination which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members of religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers which emphasize the principles we've been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. I have a question. I, have you ever meditated I, with anybody? Yes. Who? I mean, when I was in treatment. Oh, but like in the morning, like on a regular basis? No, but I hear you talk about it, that you have your husband do it with you. So let me share something with you. So he does it with me sporadically. Okay. And I Your love program it when he of does rigorous it. honesty. Sister. Right. He does it with me sporadically. He is not an alcoholic. His life does not depend on it. And initially when he was not doing it with me consistently, I would send a 10 step to Sarah and go, I'm resentful that he won't sit with me and do meditation. It's such a chore to get him to do this. And she responded after I did my inventory, his life doesn't depend upon it and yours does. And something I want to remind us is that we don't want to put expectations on people in our life to do this work with us, even if they are one of us, because we can't make anyone do anything spiritually or in any ways. Yeah. And it, what was happening was I was having this beautiful meditation. And I was getting resentful. <laughs> my husband's not sitting with me meditating, but if he okay. doesn't do it, he's not going to die. And I am. Right, 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 right. And um, there, we, I actually do do a Monday meditation with women it, now on Zoom. Um, and it's great because you're in your own space and it's really cool. It's great. So I, I would totally, I don't, I could, I don't know if I could really do that and sit there and do well, it. Here's the thing. The reminder that I want to remind both of us is I hope next year, God willing, when we're both looking at this page that we're doing different things yeah. because it's about growing and every year, like, can you imagine how, what grade is your daughter in? She's going into ninth grade. She's going to oh, high school. So could you imagine if this year you got a call in October and they said, we're concerned, Jill, your daughter's reading at a fifth grade level. And you guys met and were like, what's the plan? And you came up with a plan and she didn't follow the plan. And they're like, she's still at a fifth grade level in ninth grade. 
right? Yeah. But in AA, you can be five years sober doing the exact same thing at nine years sober, no changes, mm-hmm. and there's no spiritual growth. Such a good point. You want to keep growing. It's not about, yeah, yeah. I, I want to always do this basic stuff, but I also want, it's my responsibility to be a seeker. And we've all been seekers because we were always looking for something. We just didn't know. We thought it was him or her or that or it. Yep. But it was always this. And it's about growing. Like you get to like, you're in this new place in your life where when you don't get to be with your kid, like you get to go figure out what you want to do with your life. I know. It's exciting. It's such a gift. It's it a is. Gift. And you better have a bucket list and you better create things on that that make you want to one of my teachers, Kevin, says we get to blaze trails for those behind us. We get to show them this is what you get to do sober, and then you it, go do it's it. It's so fascinating. And the other thing I wanted to say about this part has to do with um, where I came from, and I hope this helps somebody else. Um, I'm Jewish, raised Jewish, thought I had a really strong connection to a higher power that I call God. And so when I went into treatment, I was like, oh, I can't do this. I have to light candles on Friday night, or I would throw, you know, something. And they, they literally, they had a a rabbi come and I was like, well, I have to light candles. They're like, you're not lighting flames in treatment. Uh That is a good point. Uh But I was like, but rabbi, what do I do? So anyway, they, it was like, you know, I was using that as an excuse to not get deep and get underneath what they're trying to say. And so when you're talking about growing and where I'm at now compared to where I was, I'm like, oh my gosh, the spirituality component of it, when I merged it, I'm like, that makes so much sense. And it doesn't matter what religion you are. And so I just like to share that because I think a lot of people get tripped up on that. I know I did that like, oh, I can't work that program that it's, you know, whatever. Fill in the blank. I'm so glad you share that. And it's our responsibility to dig. It's like, if you feel lacking, go do something about it. Yep. Like the world right now is so full at every computer click to do anything you want, to go figure something out. If you want to challenge yourself and get deep, that is your job. Right. And, and, and we get to. Yes, we get to. (laughs) Tell me what happens when we get agitated or doubtful. In the we next go throughout the, yeah, through, we go throughout the day. We pause when agitated or doubtful, and we ask for the right thought or action. It doesn't say if. No. It says when. They when. know we're going to get agitated or doubtful. And many times. Yes. Not just like once in the a.m. and once in the p.m. <laughs> throughout. Um, and that's a good thing, because that reminds me that, like, I still have at least a brain that I'm thinking, like, at least I know I might be doing something that's not. And you're helpful. human. Like, I've needed to do inventories by 8 a.m. Like, I'm like, I'm screwed. Right. And then we pause. I even do it with my daughter. Yes. I'm like, you know what? I don't like how that just came out. We're going to review that. Yes. Um, And that's a great thing to teach your kids. Yeah, I taught my son to start his day over as a tool. Yeah, you can do that any time. He's done it at like 11 o'clock at night after he's been a total D. (laughs) And I'm like, he's like, I want to start my day over. Well, how do you do that at first? She was like, I don't understand just conceptualizing it, but like, what a kind con- we didn't know that before this. No, And no. like, glorious. Yes. So we ask for the right thought or action and we constantly remind ourselves, and this coming up, Carly, is what changed my life tremendously, what got me more into the big book when I started to understand, we are no longer running the show, humbly saying to ourselves many times each day that I will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, foolish decisions. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily, for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It it's works. really hard to get people in our lives to do it, 
things the way we want them to do it. Wasted a lot of time and energy and years trying Is to there anyone in your life that you can think of that does everything you tell them that you want them to do? No. Yeah, no. back to myself. If, and even if you have somebody that does something that you tell, you don't, how, that's not healthy on a whole nother level. And it's never going to be the way you actually want it to be never. done. Never, never. So we're not running the show. And what comfort I found and like, oh, you know what? Let it go. Like, yeah. You're not running the show. It's not my business. No. And it's not my business what anybody thinks about me or my business. It's not my business. I, not Sarah tells me my only job is to behave. And I'm yeah. like, when I think about that sometimes, I'm like, but why is it so hard? <laughs> So it says it works. It really does. And it, we alcoholics are undisciplined, which is so very true. And so we let God discipline us in a simple way. We have just outlined, but this is not all. There's action, more action, faith so that works instead. And the next chapter is step 12. Do you know what I have written on the bottom of my page? What? How can I show God how grateful I am today? How can I show God how grateful I am today? Because I forget, I, you know, especially even going through this, like I've got all these plans in this busy day and I think about my day and I have to do this and then this and this and this. And I, I forget to actually consider what can I do to show God that I'm grateful for this day? You know, what a great, I just wrote that down. It, it's beautiful. Um, I wanted to also share that you yes. to me that, um, is it okay to say I was studying Kabbalah? Yeah, please. So I, I, it, there's a whole thing that you do on your birthday that it's not about you. It's giving. Right, because today's Jill's birthday. <laughs> so it said that this is gorgeous. Prayer is a conversation. It's a dialogue between your heart and your soul. I love that. Isn't that? I've never thought of that before. I always thought it was I was talking to God and yeah, then I was yep. listening. But prayer is between my heart and my soul. I love Isn't it that. Beautiful. I just love that. Um, and it just, it's calming and it helps me get outside of myself again. If I can connect those two things. And again, it's not about me and I'm not running the show. So I just, I love that. And I love that I'm able to share that. Thank you for letting me. And share. what the listeners can't see that I get to see is she is <laughs> glowing. Like watch out world because here Jill comes. I am so grateful. I really am. And Carly, you, you inspire so, so many people. Thank and you. you may send sponsees my way, but I tell you, I give my sponsee the name of your podcast and they're like, that Carly rocks. And it's like <laughs> such a gift that just goes around and around. Well, and if you've got a good one, they want to come on here. I love it. So I'm yeah. so grateful you chose to spend this time with me. And I love you massively. And I, I wish you a happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye.